What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. we got one hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. And, man, we got a lot going on around this franchise. Uh, what a what a fun couple of days. What a fun um, you want to call. So we did our show last week. The show was a little bit later in the week than it usually is. Um, but we did it right before Denver and New Orleans, so that was on Tuesday after the Lakers took on the Charlotte Hornets, and Lakers had kind of handled the road trip, four and two. Where the hell did that come from? Nobody kind of saw that coming. Um, so since then, the Lakers have played the Denver Nuggets. They played the Pelicans. The trade deadline came and gone. The Kobe statue was up. Um, Palenka addressed the media. Spencer Dinwiddie was signed in the buyout market. I mean, what the heck is going on here? Uh, but, but actually, I feel like a lot of uh, good stuff, a lot of positive stuff. Uh, I certainly feel like this. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling more optimistic about the Lakers than I think I have in, in different parts of the season. So we're going to spend a lot of time. Um, and I'll actually ask that question to Laker fans uh, tonight, just like last week. And to be honest with you, I might do this a little bit more um May or may not have a guest every week. One hour goes by very fast. I got a lot of topics that I want to get into. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners want to give their opinion about Lakers basketball. So 877-710-ESPN if you guys want to be a part of the show. Uh, one question I would ask is just the way things have gone, the way that road trip ended, the fact that the Lakers played the Denver Nuggets as well as they did without D'Angelo Russell, Turning around and pretty much controlling the entire game after the first quarter against the Pelicans. Seeing the signing of Spencer Dinwiddie, which I think we all understand. And I'm going to get into Dinwiddie. He talked today earlier at the Lakers practice facility. Um, that's a really, really good signing that the Lakers didn't have to give anything up for. If anyone is, you know, trying to position this as, oh, you got nothing to lose. No. This is not that you had nothing to lose by signing Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie's going to get minutes with the Lakers. That's a really good signing. Um, but your confidence level about the Lakers right now, your optimism about the Lakers right now, or, and it's completely fair if you want to take this, you know, this angle as well, out there are only two games over 500. Braun, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, and D'Angelo Russell have virtually played in, in you know, not all the games, but pretty close to it. So if you guys want to be a part of that, I'm going to spend a little bit of time doing that. Um, I mentioned the Dinwiddie stuff that I have. I do want to also talk about are we underestimating D'Lo's impact, what he's been able to do. The summer plans for Palenka, I was right there on Thursday when Palenka was basically kicking the can down the road and said, wait till we get some more assets coming up this summer. Uh, so we'll spend some time on that as well. Okay, so, you know, for me um, – I am feeling more optimistic about the Lakers. Let me be blunt about it. And I, I've done enough Laker shows, whether it's uh, the pregame show or it's doing Lakers talk here or it's on with the Travis and Sliwa show. Anytime I've had a microphone, I, I think it's been fair to be very critical about the Lakers. Can you can you blame? I mean, I think the the picture that everybody had in mind coming into the season we just thought the Lakers were going to be more competitive, even if you want to say, okay, hey, they're not going to get back to the Western Conference Finals. I didn't predict they'd be hovering around 9, 10, 11. Uh, I don't remember the last time Lakers were in eighth in the standings, and that's not quite an accomplishment, but it would sound like an accomplishment if in a couple of weeks we're saying, hey, they're in eighth, or hey, they're in seventh. Last year they were in seventh. Um, so that portion of it has been disappointing. However, 
with all that being said, I think you also got to look at just the way they have been playing over this last week and a half or so. That this is a team that isn't necessarily built, maybe I'm making an excuse here, for an 82-game grind where they could thrive the most is a seven-game set in the playoffs. Now you got to get there. Obviously, positioning matters to an extent. Apparently, it's not going to matter for the Lakers because they're not going to have a choice here. They're not going to have the positioning. Um, but I, I'm feeling more optimistic because I'm watching a Lakers team that, all right, went into New York, looked pretty good. I'm watching a Laker team that went toe-to-toe with the Denver Nuggets without D'Lo. And on top of that, no Cam, no Gabe. You know, we, we know all the other pieces are missing. No Jared Vanderbilt. I, I, I know that. Um, KCP didn't play for the Denver Nuggets. But Lakers went toe-to-toe with the defending champs. And you know what? Maybe it's just scripted and it looked exactly like it did in the playoffs. Last couple of minutes, Den- Denver took over the game. But it was a good game, competitive all the way to the end. And then the way they handled the Pelicans where five starters scored 20 or more points in that game. I mean, literally go up and down of what the Lakers were able uh, able to accomplish against the, um, against the Pelicans. It was impressive. It was very, very impressive. Um, I'm starting to have a little bit more optimism. Now, can that optimism just go down the drain? Of course it can. It's Lakers basketball. I've been watching Lakers basketball all season. Every time we've got optimistic about something, they say, slow down, we might lose a couple here, and bring you right back down to reality. Um, that starting lineup that I was talking about, D'Lo, 30-5, and five. Braun, 21-14, and 14. AD, 20-6-6, and six and six. Rui had 21-5, and five. Austin Reeves, that's what, Lakers on uh, the game against the Appels on Friday. 57 points between just D'Lo and Austin Reeves. A uh, 78 points, if you add Rui Hachimura, Rui, D'Lo, and Austin Reeves had 78 points combined before Braun and Anthony Davis even are on the uh, uh, on the box score. That's incredible. I, I really think that this is going to be a critical couple of games for the Lakers. I really think these next two games is going to tell about some of this momentum. Tomorrow you got a layup. It's supposed to be a layup. Pistons have won, <laughs> at least the last I checked, um, they had won... I'm going to double-check here real quick. They had won four of their last ten games. They basically doubled their win total from four to eight within a ten-game stretch. So give them credit. I think they lost their last one, or I know that they lost their last one that they played uh, against the Clippers, but they hung. They only lost by six. I'm not telling you just got to show up to work, but go handle business against the Pistons. The one that I think is most interesting to me is that Utah Jazz game. I really do. That Utah Jazz game, it's at Utah. Utah's behind you in the standings. They're just behind you in the standings. That one seems like a critical one to me. That one seems like the Lakers are either going to walk in having won six of seven before the All-Star break, can take some rest, would be four games over five hundred, um, can just take a quick breather and say, okay, hey, I don't know what the hell that was through the more than first half of the season, but as the dust settles... We're right there. We're not um, ten game ten games back from the number six spot, or or seven games back from the number five spot. No, no, that's not where the Lakers are sitting here today. The Lakers are three back from number seven, where the Kings are. 
and they're three and a half back from number five of where the Phoenix Suns are. That's not crazy to make up that ground. Now you gotta help yourself. You gotta go on some type of streak where you win eight of ten games. You gotta go on some type of streak where it's not just who you played, but it's the team just looking like a team. There's consistency from the role players. Darvin Ham's gotta be at his absolute best as well. And if it doesn't happen in these next ten games that stretch, then I'll probably lose some hope that anything else is going to change. But currently, as I sit here today, I am a little bit more optimistic. Um, I am a little bit more optimistic. And like I said, you win six of seven games if you win these next two before you go to the All-Star break. And, you know, where that positions the Lakers would give them a little bit of cushion from where the Utah Jazz, Jazz are. I know the Golden State Warriors are right on their heels, too. They've won four games in a row, so they're certainly not going anywhere. Um, but I do have a little bit more optimism because of that. All right. Uh, part of the reason why I have more optimism. Dinwiddie is a nice signing. Spencer Dinwiddie is a is a really good signing for the Lakers. You know, you guys know I was very vocal about thinking the Lakers need to go after DeJounte Murray. Go make it happen. What's it going to cost? What was the original? It was, I want to say, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen hood Shafino. It was a first-rounder, um, maybe a little bit more than that. And I think Atlanta just wasn't interested in dealing DeJounte Murray, or they just felt, you know what, we got this guy. He's got a four-year extension starting in the summer. Why are we going to rush this? No, we'll trade him when we want to trade him. We'll wait for a better offer. They had to trade, I think, three first-round picks from the San Antonio Spurs just to get DeJounte Murray. So this also could be them trying to recoup as much as they can. Um, that trade didn't happen. I was sitting there in front of Palenka on Thursday. Uh, this was after after the Kobe statue unveiling. And it's before the Lakers are going to take on the Nuggets. What a busy day. You had the trade deadline, too. And one of my questions to Palenka was, because he had said, we're going to now shift our attention to the buyout market. And there's a couple quotes that he mentioned as well that I think tells a little bit of the story of the Lakers' plan and what's going to go on in the summer. Um, but one of the things, at least I mentioned to him, is there a type of player that you want in the buyout market? He said a backup point guard. No hesitation. We want a backup point guard. Gabe Vincent, he's only played in five games. Um, you know, who knows what ends up happening with Gabe Vincent. And he said that it's important that go out there and get back a point. If we can't get a backup point guard, we'll get the best player available. Well, they got that backup point guard, and it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, for those who don't know much about Dinwiddie, first off, he's from L.A. So I think uh, the fact that these are his roots, he's um, uh, somebody that is 100% interested in winning this year with Brooklyn averaged about 12 and a half points a game uh, shot 40% from the field 32% from three which sounds low for him and he was also averaging six assists a game in his 48 games that he played for the Brooklyn Nets the good thing with him uh, and I'm going to read a quote here from Anthony Davis he's a big guard shot maker playmaker he's six foot five is Spencer Dinwiddie a lot of the players were being asked about it after the game on Friday because Spencer Dinwiddie and Rob Palenka were sitting next to each other like they were buddies um, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen because they just happened to have seats that were next to each other that was Rob Palenka certainly courting Spencer Dinwiddie and trying to get him in the buyout market he's going to make approximately a million and a half dollars for the remainder of the season 
Why do I tell you that? I tell you that because he could have got a lot more money from the Dallas Mavericks. It was just a couple nights earlier that he was sitting behind the bench of the Dallas Mavericks when they were in New York at the Madison Square Garden. So there are reasons why he picked the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to play some of that sound here in just a second. But I think for me, you know, a bigger piece of this story, he's a good player. I'm not trying to overhype him either. I'm just telling you that Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player and that the Lakers were able to get him for literally nothing. Let me give Rob Palenka his credit there because I think he deserves his credit and I think he's going to have an impact on this Lakers roster. I really do. I feel like he's going to have uh, an impact on this Lakers roster. Okay, quick shout-out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, great partner, of course, of uh, Lakers Talk. They've been a partner here uh, for, for quite a number of years. Just visit SoCalOilChange.com. Uh, don't procrastinate. It's something that I always say. It makes no sense to procrastinate. Why would you do that when you have uh, such great service here from Valvoline Instant Oil Change? Again, visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. All right, we come back. I want to play some of that Spencer Dinwiddie sound. Um, also, uh, Darvin Ham, Anthony Davis, couple players reacted to uh, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, coming in. Again, uh, I know I mentioned a little bit earlier if uh, you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710-ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, uh, shout-out to Hope. Appreciate them being a partner as well. We get, Man, we got so many great partners on, like, so obviously all through 710 ESPN, but uh appreciate their partnership here. Um, all right, so we had Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, Funches, how's your Super Bowl, brother? Any uh, any any special things? Or are you just kicking that? Well, kicking I home? I have a story. I yeah. missed a whole fourth quarter in overtime. You missed. So wait, let me get this right. I missed here this whole, whole historic the fourth first quarter. Three quarters, not exactly the best. Yeah, right. Uh, and NFL I missed football. the best part of the game. Yes. Well, how, wow. Why? How? What happened? <laughs> I had to take to, my wifey to, to the airport. Okay. Do you have it on your? Do you have it on your phone? You have it uh, on radio. I was listening to Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. Okay. All right. At least you got a little yeah, bit of radio. Yeah, but I mean, action. I missed, you know, a historic oh, no, Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. No, I'm trying to. Yeah, I was trying to kind of soften the landing there a little bit, but that's a tough one. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, not yeah. having the fourth quarter and overtime. DeAndre, what would you end up doing for Super Bowl? I was at the girlfriend's house. Her stepdad okay. is a Chiefs fan, so you know we had Ooh. a little little get together at the at, at their house. But uh, it was good, man. Good, man, good environment. 
That's a fantastic game. It really was. I don't mind, actually, the chess match that was going on in the first three quarters. I know a lot of people don't like it. I know it's uh, it's boring. They're not scoring. I, I don't – I don't uh, – I'm not overly against it, but the way it ended, is it's as good as it gets. So none of us can ask for a better and, – and listen – if you're an NFL fan, as we are, all are, one of the worst days in the NFL is the day after the Super Bowl. You're like, wait a minute, when's the NFL coming back? The good news is we've got a lot of NBA. So now kind of uh, some of this attention starts shifting towards, um, certainly towards the uh, the NBA, and, and we'll continue to do that. Okay, I want to play some sound because um, Spencer and Dinwiddie talked at the Lakers practice facility today. So, Funch, I'll, I'll kind of let you set this up um, just because you have it there in front of you. Um, he did talk and, and just kind of giving some of his reasons why he chose the Lakers. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was asked why he chose the Lakers, and okay. he basically said that they they know how to win. Okay, let's take a listen. I think one of the things that uh, definitely was on my radar was the fact that uh, Rob called was the first call. Um, I think that matters. Um, obviously, I had history in Dallas. I had several other teams that you know, are quiet as well, but it really came down the road to um, looking at the team setup and the ability to possibly come in and make an impact and, and try to help the team win the championship, um, being home, I mean, childhood didn't come true. There's, there's a lot that comes, goes into that, but, uh, you know, re- really having a chance to, to help the team win. And, and, and like I said, it's just a, it's a special place. Whether it's Darvin or Rob, what have they told you about what your role will be yeah, Andre, for this team? Um, I mean, get downhill, provide rim pressure. Uh, you know, point of attack defense, also wing defense, depending upon the lineups. Um, switchability there. Uh, just come in, be aggressive, set a tone, play with high IQ. Um, remember, in this situation, it's about, like, plugging in more so than, you know, like, dominating type stuff, right? So that, that's the mentality. How have you viewed the Lakers from afar? This year, coming off a of Western Conference Finals appearance, yeah. they win the in-season tournament. Since early December, haven't looked quite as good, but they're starting to kind of rise again. Just, what's your view of them as an outsider? I mean, you kind of, you kind of led me into that. <laughs> I mean, essentially, it's a team that, when everything's on the line, they can rise to a level that you know no other team uh, can, can can get to. Obviously, one in season tournament, have played big time basketball the past several years. Um, obviously, sometimes it's hard to maintain that, you know what I'm saying, throughout a whole season. But at the end of the day, they know how to win. Um, that, that's what you know. Every every night, they're going to get somebody's best shot just because of the name that's on the front of the uniform. And then, obviously, you have arguably the greatest player of all time uh, on the floor as well. So then a lot of people are going to give him, personally, their best shot as well. He's been in need of uh, some perimeter defense. How do you feel uh, you know, just being 6'6", six, six, athletic, you know, uh, willing to do whatever it takes to win. Understand that obviously uh, we got behind AD and a lot of offensive load, and, and that's where they're going to need a, a, a lot of my effort. And so, you know, I'm going to go out there and look to provide them. All right, that's uh, Spencer Dinwiddie right there. So that's kind of the meat of why he chose the Lakers. I thought it was interesting. You know, he has this thought process that, hey, I know they could turn it on that they're championship contenders. First off, the Lakers have not shown that they're championship contenders this year, period. Um, they just haven't played enough consistent basketball. Um, on a, Again, this is just – we don't have to just look at the standings. It just hasn't been consistent. But I think it's interesting that Dinwiddie views them that way because I also feel like there's a lot of people that say, yeah, you know what, I'm not 100% sure about the Lakers. Yeah, look at them, look at the standings, but – 
if LeBron and Anthony Davis get in a seven-game set, they're dangerous. And maybe that's the viewpoint Dinwiddie looks at them. And maybe that's the viewpoint the rest of the league looks at the Lakers as. And and listen, they're going to have to play good basketball, period. So I can't sit here and try to sell you that you should be optimistic around the Lakers. They're going to show us that there's reasons to be optimistic or they're not. It's kind of that simple, to be honest with you. Um, but I will say this. I will say that. Someone like Dinwiddie, maybe he chose the Lakers over the Dallas Mavericks because he thinks the Lakers at their best versus the Mavs at their best, I got a better shot with the Lakers. Yes, I'm sure coming home had something to do with that as well. Uh, he, he gets that opportunity to play in front of his own city. Maybe the exposure of the Los Angeles Lakers because the Lakers brand is so big. We were doing this this morning, and it's like, all right, yeah, they got – X amount of nationally televised games the remainder of the season. That wasn't even counting NBA TV. That was just TNT and ESPN. Lakers are going to give him that platform. Um, now I just hope the Lakers start winning some basketball games so all of us can sit here and, and you know, we could be excited about what's to come and not talking about the Lakers barely getting in through the playing term or not getting in at all. Which I don't think is going to happen, but you never know. Okay, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Uh, go to that website, like I mentioned, SoCalOilChains.com, for locations and game-winning coupons. They will take uh, good care of you. Okay, if you're on hold, and I know we got a, a, a bunch of calls right now, Eddie, Catch, Jose, we're going to get to all you guys when we come back. Um, plus, I, I still want to talk about some of the things Palenka said, kicking the can down the road about the summer, D'Angelo Russell and his play, are we not giving this man enough credit? Does he have more impact than we think? Or, no, you got to prove it in the playoffs. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Uh, this is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, a couple more games for the Lakers here before uh, the All-Star break. So this is it. Got the Pistons coming up tomorrow. Then you got the Lakers taking on the Utah Jazz at Utah, and then uh, we'll be at the All-Star break. So this weekend, all the All-Star festivities, um, and the Lakers got a chance, like I said, to win six or seven games. Go handle business. The Pistons and the Jazz in front of you. Everyone in L.A. and Laker fans are ready to say, hey, they're turning a corner. Um, maybe you can't do that four or five, but six or seven, going into the All-Star break, four games over five hundred. that's some real momentum. We'll see if the Lakers can do that. I'm going to hold my breath a little bit because I think there's been times where uh, we've been duped a little bit. All right, Eddie from L.A. Eddie, what's going on? Thank you for calling into Lakers talk. Hey, what's going on, Al? What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, all right, man. Uh, well, Alan, it's that time again, Sri. It's uh, put up or shut up time again. You know how that goes. You, know, uh, you know, I'm glad that they, that they kept D.O. And they probably did the best they could. Um, in the buyout by getting uh getting ready, but it's that time. Put up and shut up, and let's go see what we got in these last twenty six games. Maybe we can win eight games or twenty out or twenty of these games, and and see we, and see what that lands us because that that 
them top four is a cluster right now. I don't know how that's going to turn out in the end. So I think if we can shoot for the, the fifth or sixth seed, or you know, if possible, but if not, get us in the you know the seventh seed like we did last year or something, and who knows how the matchup's going to be. But it's that time again, put up a shut up. I appreciate you calling in. You know, I, I think one of the things that a lot of Lake fans probably feel the same way about this is yeah, we can look at the standings. We could say, ah, they moved up a little bit. This, that. How's the, how's the, how's the product look on a night in, night out basis? Is the product consistent? Do you feel like I have a good idea when I tune into a Laker game right here on 710 or I'm watching it on TV on Spectrum? Do I feel like I know what I'm going to get every time I tune in? Lakers are all over the place. Roller coaster, right? So I think most Laker fans are just looking for a little bit more consistency. Jose from La Crescenta. Uh, what's going on, Jose? Hey, Sliwa, big, big fan, man. Uh, so happy to talk to you. Uh, Thank I got you, man. A I, pre- pushback I appreciate on, you calling. little pushback on the put up or shut up is more about uh, state pad and handle. Uh, you know, we just, uh, like I said, I'm happy with what we got. And getting uh, Dinwiddie, for me, is uh, out of nowhere, out of the blue, but something we need. And the fact, I didn't know when you dropped that he was uh, with the Mavericks in the audience and he picked us. That says a lot for me, man. Because hmm. to me, it's almost like he's one of us, like a fan, gauging and, and, and assessing. And he said, you know what, I'm going to run with this. So, you know, he he puts everything back on me, like I'm doing the right thing, following my team, believing. And it ain't put up or shut up. It's about handling and stay there for the postseason because when we get there, we're going to do our thing. AD's doing his thing. LeBron's doing his thing. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, it, it, it's a big plus for us as fans to have somebody uh, have choices and pick us. You know, and I love Well, that. I'm, I'm going to read a quote that. for you. I'm going to read a quote for you. Jose, thank you for calling in. I appreciate you listening. I'm going to read a quote here. McMenamin put this out there, and I'm, maybe I didn't catch on the audio, but it's better for me to just to share it. He explained why he picked the Lakers over the Mavs. Jose is talking about how, hey, I, I like that he picked it. That means a lot. He said, let's say you, you're a kid and you get your ass whooped by the bully. Dallas would have been like your mom saying, it's okay, baby. Um, Lakers are like your dad. Now you better go out there and fight till you win. So I don't know if that means just, hey, there's a different expectation. Come to the Lakers. There is an expectation to win. A lot of times it's, it's not realistic. A lot of the times, I mean, you know, we spent a lot of time because of the Kobe statue. I'm going to get into the Kobe statue a little bit later, too. I, I want to just give my thoughts on, on kind of being a part of what that day was. But, um, you know, we we're talking about uh, – Michael and I talked about this in the pregame show. And I think the conversation came up, greatest Laker of all time. And Michael said, Dr. Jerry Buss, as in, hey, is he an option? Well, then there is no greatest Laker of all, of, of all time if Dr. Jerry Buss is an option. Dr. Jerry Buss – since he bought the team in 79 all the way to 2010, there was a 30-year period where the Lakers won 10 NBA championships and were in 50% of the finals. He created this reputation of, yep, got to win. Yep, what do you mean it's been two years and you haven't won? What? But with five years, you haven't won. Okay, let's go back to back. He created this reputation. So that's a part about Dinwiddie that, that's a little bit interesting. And I'm, I'm not trying to... The, by no means am I am I making the case that the Lakers are going to win a championship. What I'm saying, that's always the expectation to win a championship. And I like Dinwiddie's quote because I do think it uh, it explains a little bit. 
Um, all right, let me squeeze in one more quick call here and then uh, a couple other things I want to get into. Let's go to uh, Catch, uh, who's calling in from La Crescenta as well. What's going on, Catch? Lee, you're the man. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Funches, I can't believe it, man. You missed the uh, fourth quarter as well as OT. Uh, that had to be watched in real time, man, to feel the pressure. Okay, wait, let, let me on. can I let, let me interrupt, Catch. Funches, how was the radio call? Was the radio call well, good? The radio call is really good. Kevin Harlan okay. killed it. <laughs> Look, we're trying to find positivity but, here. Yeah, I know you missed it. At, at least... Uh, you know what? I thought about pausing it and like uh-huh. not going to my phone or anything or checking anything until I got home, but I just mm. said whatever. Yeah, I'd have probably I just listened. I I, I'd, I'd have listened live. I, I don't think I have the patience for that. Um, no. Okay, Catch, what, what do you think about the squad? What, what, what's your take here? Sweet. I'm going out on the limb. I think the Lakers are going to get to the fifth seed, and these are the reasons why. Number one, I think the Dinwiddie signing at the end of the year, we're going to say, man, that was crunch. Big-time play by uh, Palinka. The fact that he's from L.A., I think he's going to be very, very motivated. It gives our guys another asset to use in the event that you have an inconsistent night with uh, D'Lo. You know how streaky he is. Uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, Reeves isn't on it. Uh, Hachimura up and down. You got this 30-year-old vet. I think he's going to bring it. Um, I'm really, really happy about the signing. Also, you have... I think two games Lakers are going to make up against Sacramento this week. Uh, Sacramento has matchup against Denver and Phoenix away, whereas the Lakers, like you said, they have really good matchups this week. I know the Utah one's going to be kind of tough. We can make up ground against Sacramento. You take a look at the strength of schedule. Phoenix has the most difficult difficult schedule remaining. Okay, I didn't know that. Close to 548 winning percentage. I think the Lakers are going to pass Phoenix. I think they're going to pass Sacramento. The tough one's going to be, I think, the Pels, because the Pels and the Lakers both have a very similar schedule, and the, they have about four games, I think, on the Lakers, and there's only one more game remaining against the, and, the Pels. And, catch, on, I, on the I will 14th. tell you, let, let me kind of jump in here, and I appreciate you calling in. Pelicans are a good team, too. Ten games over 500. So on top of maybe their schedule, they also – um, you know, the advantageous, but also they're a good team. So I, I don't know if they can make up that ground. Um, let, let me jump here because I, I want to play this. The Lakers plans, the trade deadline didn't happen. And then the, the kind of the conversation started. And I've already mentioned this a couple different times. Palenka by kicking the can down the road. And I'm not telling you what he did wasn't the right decision because um, I was a fan of DeJounte Murray, but I like his quote saying, um, you can't buy a house that's not for sale. Uh, I, I think that's a great perspective for him to have. You want your general manager, your president of basketball operations, your owner, you want all these people to be, um, you, you don't want them to make decisions because they feel pressure. Or they feel pressure from the va- fan base. You want them to make decisions because they say, whether you like it or not, this is the right move for the organization. You might not see it today, but tomorrow, trust me, this is the right move for the organization. I felt like that's the feeling I got from Palenka listening to him uh, after the trade deadline on Thursday when he spoke. There was a little bit of that um, just, you know, we're not doing something just to do it. We're going to do it because it makes sense. But I want you to also hear what he said because he talked a lot about the upcoming summer and that the Lakers only had so many assets 
one first-round pick that they were dealing with at the trade deadline. Here's Rob Palenka from this past Thursday about the uh, upcoming summer. But in terms of what was available at the trade deadline, we had one first-round draft pick. It was our only sort of hook to fish with. And this summer, in June, we, at the time of the draft, will have three first-round draft picks to look for deals, which I think will really unlock an access to potentially a greater or bigger swing. And we didn't want to shoot a small you know, bullet now that would only lead to very marginal improvement at the expense of making a much bigger and more impactful movement um, potentially in June and July. Okay, that's Palenka. Basically laying out for you what the plans are this summer. Hey, we didn't make a big move right now. But you know what? Um, in the summer, we got a lot of assets to go make a big move. We're going to have three first-rounders. We already know the contracts that they have, very tradable contracts, if you want to say. I don't know what D'Angelo Russell's going to do. He has his own option, a player option. He could be with the team. He could he could move on from the team. Maybe a, another team comes in and says, hey, if you decline that team option or that player option, we got a deal here for you that's going to be for three or four years, X amount of dollars. I, I don't know what's going to happen with D'Lo. I don't disagree with Palenka. It's just the amount of details that he gave there. It's easily going to um, you created an expectation that, hey, in the summer, Lakers are going to go big game hunting. Lakers in the summer are going to go after one of those big-time players that could potentially shake loose because they want out of their current situation. That's the expectation that he created. Now, um, whether that comes to fruition, I don't know. You need a lot of things to go right. I know the Lakers have been an incredible franchise of being able to land big stars, but you just don't know the predicament. And the names that I heard, I mean, one game, one name I like over the other, but some of the names that I heard, there was a good uh, Substack article that came out today. And, and I, I'm going to read this here because it was Mark Stein who did it. Mark Stein is obviously fantastic at what he does. Um, Mark Stein expects, expects plenty of suitors to line up with the Spurs and the Lakers possibly leading the way on Trey Young. So on the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Is Trey Young the next superstar that you feel like is going to help the Lakers be consistent to trying to compete for an NBA Finals, to to make a deep run in the Western Conference. Is Trey Young the guy? I like the thought and the idea of Donovan Mitchell more, and I definitely like the idea more if it was Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. And I'm not even you know trying to get into the um, nitty-gritty details of uh, if this is going to happen in the summer. It's more just setting up what I think Rob Palenka set up that, hey, in the summer, we're going to go big game hunting, or at least they have the opportunity to go big game hunting. So I thought that was interesting. I really did. I thought that was interesting. Uh, it's not something that I guess you could say I expected for him to say. I appreciate his honesty, but I also feel like he you know, certainly went out of his way to make sure and, and tell like, okay, hey, I know we didn't do anything of the deadline. However, in the summer, look at all these assets that we have. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. That's a, that's certainly a long way away. By the way, for what it's worth, Trey Young is a, 
I believe a clutch client as well. Um, I will. Yes, I'm he almost, is. He is. Yeah, he is. I'm almost 100 percent sure. But he's a clutch client as well. You know, for what that's worth, we'll we'll see what eventually happens. Delo's impact. You know, I, I'm one that's been critical of D'Angelo. Actually, you know who's a good person to ask right here? DeAndre, I got a question for you. DeAndre there on the board, handling his uh, handling his duties as always. DeAndre, you are you and I have had a, a lot of conversations off the air about D'Angelo Russell, and I think a month ago, anything you said about D'Angelo Russell completely fair, and I, I fall more in line with you. Could you at least admit over the last thirty days that D'Angelo Russell has been a very, very effective player for the Lakers. Is that safe to say? It's very safe to say. I, I, I agree with you, man. The last 30 days, you know, he's been playing really well offensively, and actually defensively he hasn't really been that much of a liability. So it's actually good to kind of see him play like this because it helps the team out when you have a spark like him that comes out and shoots the ball well because they need that. Okay, so here's here's the part to me that I'm more curious on. The part I'm more curious on is – because I think this is what's going to follow D'Angelo Russell. Um, I, I guarantee you there's, gonna, there's still a lot of Laker fans out there. And by the way, I kind of have my hand up on this. It's going to be like, yeah, but can you do it for two months? And you know what happens? Let's say he did it for a couple of months where he's just putting up great numbers and Lakers are winning games, which is the most important thing. Then it's going to be, yeah, but can you do it in the playoffs? I, I think that's the one thing that just uh, – D'Angelo Russell, it's almost – no matter what he does, I always feel like there's going to be critics around D'Angelo Russell. I didn't even give praise, and I think, DeAndre, the way you laid that out was perfect. You just you said, as somebody that is not crazy about his game, and I'm with you. I, I'm not that far off uh, as far as you know his game so far in his career. He's been really good for over a month. Um, the Lakers are 0-5 when D'Angelo Russell does not play. In the in his last 17 games, where he's basically posting 22 plus points a game, over six assists a game, his shooting has been great. The Lakers are also 11 and six in that 17 game stretch, so they're also winning games. I, I you know, he's becoming. I remember uh, after the game on Friday, this one kind of stuck with me. James Worthy on Spectrum Sportsnet said something to the effect of, "D'Angelo Russell is the key." And that kind of threw me off. I'm like, D'Lo? You know, he didn't say LeBron. He didn't say Anthony Davis. I think the point that he was trying to make is, I know what LeBron's going to do. I know what Anthony Davis is going to do. Austin Reeves, you know, on most nights, maybe it's efficient, maybe it's not efficient. But this team is completely different when D'Lo was balling. And I think that's the point that James Worthy was making. And we should give him his credit. And I'm sure the the trade deadline passing is a breath of fresh air for him where he can say, okay, cool, at least I know where I'm going to be for the rest of the year. Uh, so shout out to D'Angelo Russell. He's made it happen. We come back. we got a new feature we're going to do. It's called Fourth Quarter. Funch has got a couple uh, different topics that he's going to throw my way, and, uh, and we'll make it happen from there. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, we're starting a new feature here. Uh, it's called Fourth Quarter. Michael Funches will take the wheel from here. Funches, I know you got a few questions you want to ask. Yes, sir. So tonight, Victor Wimayama had a triple-double. He had mm. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, also 10 blocks in just 29 wow. minutes. <laughs> um, he's the first player with 10 blocks and 5 assists in under 30 minutes played, according to ESPN Stats and Info. 
So, uh, got me Gosh. thinking. Uh, the last time there was a quadruple double in the NBA was 19, let me Is see. Akeem or Robinson or who it was, was it? David Robinson, the Admiral. David Robinson. 1994. Okay. And then before him was Akeem. So, okay. do you think Wimayama will be the next guy to have a quadruple double? Okay, let, let's think about this. Let, let's go through some of the, is Giannis gonna have, Giannis can have 10 blocks, can he have 10 dimes? Mm, probably not. The dimes part, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think about the dimes either. Embiid can do everything. Oh my gosh, this is tough. And it's such a tough, you know, statistic. And clearly we're just starting to look at big guys that can get 10 blocks and, and trying to tie it that way. I gotta be honest, if he had a triple double and he had five assists, why would I pick somebody else? I mean, I think he would be the most likely to do it. DeAndre, is it is it Wemby or is it somebody else? I think it's Wemby because I mean the great the, the best thing is that he can use his length, so he can also block the three point shot. I'm, I'm pretty sure half those came from him block just contesting the three point line too. So he had ten blocks. Yeah, I mean, come on, ten blocks in under twenty nine minutes. Twenty nine minutes. You know, I'm going to jack this question tomorrow for Michael. I'm going to bring that into that's uh, the pregame that's fine. show. That's, that's fine. a good question. Okay, what else you got? All right, so Thursday was the emotional Kobe Bryant Ooh. statue unveiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all saw it on Spectrum, and uh, you know, we all shed a tear and everything. Mm-hmm. What was your best moment from the ceremony? Um, I got to be honest. I, I think it was Vanessa Bryant just straight up saying, uh, "Kobe picked this." You know that the fact that. That thing's going to sit outside of Crypto.com Arena, and Kobe Bryant had a piece of it that, you know, unfortunately, um, the the tragic accident that happened, but that's the one he wanted. That's the only thing I really paid attention to was the fact that um, that statue in front of Crypto, Kobe had a piece in it. Um, it was also Vanessa Bryant talking about how there's two more coming. Uh, he's going to have one in number 24. He's going to have one with Gigi. So every entrance you look at Crypto.com, if you say that this is the house that Kobe built, well, then shouldn't the house have a representation of Kobe at every entrance? And it will. So uh, it's deep, man. You satisfied that's, with the statue pose? Loved it. Loved it. 81. Loved it. I, I loved it because, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a special moment in NBA history, and, and Kobe's Nobody can talk about his resume. He's got five of them. He's got five championships, played one with one team for 20 years. He just happened to have a night against the Toronto Raptors where he dropped 81. So I thought it was special. I really do. I, I thought the, the night didn't it funch, didn't it feel heavy being there? Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just your regular night. Especially like you see, you know, the Bryant family, also Powell, you yep. know, interacting and yeah, it was a heavy night for everyone. All right, uh, good stuff there, Funches. I, Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. We'll keep doing that here at the last segment. We'll call it fourth quarter. Um, couple things, uh, just real quick. I'm going to get into before the uh, the show comes to an end here. If you're wondering right now where the Lakers are sitting, no big surprise or shock. Like I mentioned, they're sitting ninth in the Western Conference. This is the thing that sticks out to me, and I know I've mentioned it a little bit so far on the show. Two games left. Two games left for the Lakers. Why do these seem like two big games? Why does it seem like these are bigger than just your regular games? And maybe it's just the fact that we've been waiting for the Lakers to turn a corner. And if they can win these next two, start with the Pistons tomorrow, and then you got to go on the road and win a tough one against the Utah Jazz. We know how tough of a place that is. Um, why does it feel like winning six of seven going into the All-Star break is turning a corner? 
So that's the one thing to keep in mind for these next couple of games. Like I mentioned, Pistons tomorrow, it's a late game that the Lakers have. Uh, one of the later games that they typically have, which is a, a 7.30 tip. So keep that one in mind. We'll start the pregame show at 6 as always. I'm back on with uh, Travis Rogers tomorrow, so we'll continue to talk Lakers basketball and everything else, of course, around the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, Dodgers baseball, the whole thing. Um, quick shout-out. Thank you to uh, Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Thank you to DeAndre Hawkins. Uh, Lakers uh, taking on the uh, Pistons tomorrow. L.A., have a great rest of your night.